Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. Every single person knows there's a real God. God put that in them. But if I don't want to live and and do and make the changes that God wants, I'll just suppress that truth and kind of deny it and say to you, nah, I'm going to church, but I don't really believe it. I'm just going to go so I feel good. So understand what happens. Well, the reason people suppress the truth is they don't want God ruling their lives. For many folks, hearing the words, the wrath of God, evokes pictures of a white-bearded figure in the clouds smiting people with lightning bolts whenever they sin. Now, Scripture clearly says that God's wrath is reserved for the wicked, who are godless, and turn away from the truth. His desire is for all to come to know Him. He gives people many opportunities to come to Him. But the wrath of God is real, and as we'll hear today, there will be a time when there are no more chances to repent. Because of that, all people need to hear the good news and the bad news. There is a way out from under the wrath of God, and the answer is Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, with our continuing study entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. time to time we see in our world predictions about the the end of the world well I wish it was only in Hollywood that we see this well take a look from Jesus speaking himself look what he says in Matthew 24 no one knows about that day or hour when the world will end, when Jesus will come back. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So we don't know when that's going to happen. We just know from the Scripture it will happen. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what does that have to do with what we're studying? Oh, it has everything. Now you've turned to Luke chapter 4. Let's get on to verse 18. We've read it before. This is a fulfillment of a 750-year-old prophecy about Jesus Christ coming to earth when God stepped out of heaven, put skin on, became a man, and moved into our neighborhood. Jesus, in one of his teachings at the synagogue in Nazareth, gave his, his mission statement of what he was going to do. Let's just review it. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed. And then verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, period. There's a period there. That was the end. That was the end of Jesus' mission statement. He would be this Messiah that would come, and for those three and a half years left in his ministry, he'd heal men broken heart, open blind eyes, and bring to freedom 
people who would follow him and ask for forgiveness of their sins. Now, what was Jesus doing? He was talking about, and and you're going to need to put your caps on just a little bit today. He was talking about his first coming to the earth. This is his first coming to the earth. And what he was going to do in that first coming. He was going to be this Messiah. And he was going to do all of these things that we know of from reading the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. But there is more to this prophecy where that period is. I'm going to show you where the prophecy really came from. And it came from that book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And look at it. You see, it should look familiar because we just read it. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now notice something different. There's no period. And here's the rest of the prophecy. And to proclaim the day of vengeance or wrath of our God. This last statement doesn't refer to the first coming of Jesus. That's why Jesus didn't say anything about it. It refers to the second coming of Jesus. You see, when Jesus comes again, you'll see that in a few moments, there is a second coming of Jesus to this earth. Now, in case you might think, well, what does any of this have to do with me? It has everything to do with every single person still living when this takes place. And of course, before that, if not, you need to make sure that you're right with God. So what do I know this morning, and why did not Jesus finish that statement? Well, he wasn't interested in talking about his second coming. He was only interested in talking about his first coming, which is a time of God's favor and grace. He doesn't mention, but later in his amazing chapter of Matthew 24, he talks about the vengeance of God, the second coming, his second coming. So what do we know? When Jesus came the first time to the earth, in his first coming, he arrived in very humble circumstances. He came as a baby. He was known really as the suffering savior because he'd have to go to the cross. He didn't come to a castle. He came and was born in a, in a, a manger, an inn, a little feeding trough. He really had no place to lay his head. So in his first coming, he was very, very different, very humble. Now, when he came... He announced a period of God's favor, grace. That's the period we're still in today. So you understand, we're still in the time of God's favor. What does that mean? That means that God doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone going to eternity without God. He doesn't want anyone going to hell, basically. And God's grace is here. He wants everybody to come to repentance. That's his will. But then there, we know from this passage, there, there is a time, watch me, when God's favor is gone and God's wrath comes upon the earth. There's a time when God's favor leaves and God's wrath comes. And right after this time, the second coming of Jesus will be very different than the first The second coming of Jesus, Jesus will come back 
And he'll arrive, uh, well, with armies of heaven. And you'll see who that is in a moment. By the way, if you're a Christ follower, you're going to be in that army. You'll see how you get there. And he's going to set up his kingdom on the earth. So he's going to be king of kings in his second coming. Very different from the first. Well, Pastor Mark, what do you mean by God's wrath? I like God's grace. I like the day of grace, but what do you mean by God's wrath? Well, take your finger. We won't be back to Luke. And you can turn to the book of Romans. You'll see where it is, just a few books forward. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. What is this wrath? Now, as we read this verse, remember, we're still in a time. We're still in a time of God's favor. That's where we are today. We're enjoying God's grace. Romans 1.18, look what it says. Paul speaking. The wrath, or the righteous anger of God, is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who, and I want you to circle this word in your Bible, suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, when you look at that verse, what does that say? Notice that all people know the truth. What does that mean? It means that every single person that is ever born knows inherently that there is a God. They can call himself an atheist, an agnostic, but God put in their heart eternity. So they know there's a God, they should have a relationship with him, and they know they're going to live somewhere forever after they die. That's inherent in everybody. They know the truth, but what was the word I asked you to circle? What did they do to the truth? They suppress. They deny it. Let me give you how, work, how that goes. You go to the doctor, and the doctor looks at you, he puts you on the scale, and he goes, okay. Then he says, do you smoke? Yeah. Uh, uh, do you eat fried foods? Yeah. And he gets your cholesterol, and your cholesterol is off the charts. And he says, what kind of family history you got? Well, my dad died of a heart attack at 45. So he says to you, look, Nesh, you change your way of eating and exercise and quit smoking. You're going to follow your dad. So there's the truth. Now, what can I do with that truth? I can either change or I can suppress it and just go right on doing my deal. That's exactly what I'm talking about this morning. Every single person knows there's a real God. God put that in them. But if I don't want to live and and do and make the changes that God wants, I'll just suppress that truth and kind of deny it and say to you, nah, I'm going to church, but I don't really believe it. I'm just going to go so I feel good. So understand what happens. Well, the reason people suppress the truth is they don't want God ruling their lives. They want to do their own thing. But understand this. God is just, and he's holy, and sin has consequences. God must, because he's just, must eventually punish and judge sin and sinners. Now, you understand that in this world... Let's say you had a daughter or a wife that was beaten and raped by somebody. Would you, when that went to the court system, would you want justice? 
Yes, you would want justice. Do we have justice with our court system today, by and large? Probably not. All kinds of people get away with it. Well, see, that's what sinners believe. Pastor Mark, come on. No consequences to sin. I'm doing fine. Never had any problem. world didn't cave in on me yet. But the Bible says, be careful. Your sins will find you out. And the Bible also says this. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So because we don't see it now, people go, yeah, really nice, bomber, nice thing to talk about, but I'm not really interested. But see, in one day, you will not get away with that. Nobody will get away with it. We will see God's anger and God's wrath against sin and rebellion. So what's the difference between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus? Now, put your little thinking caps on. Will we as Christians experience the wrath of God? I'm going to show you the answer to that. I want you, if you will, in your Bibles, you're not far from it, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Thessalonians, right down there, there you go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, that's why you needed a Bible. Notice I'm taking this from the Bible, not from Harold Camping's notes. Paul writes this. And he's writing to believers. He's writing to believers. If you're a believer this morning, you've accepted Jesus Christ, you're a Christ follower, he's writing to you and I. Notice what 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says. For God did not appoint, for God did not appoint Christ followers, us, to suffer, what's the word? Wrath. He did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Christ's followers, you're going to see, and we'll write this down in a moment, will not experience God's wrath. Well, how does that work? If there's wrath coming to a world that rebels against God, are we going to be like a little bubble as a Christian? As a Christ follower, where the wrath comes around us, but we don't experience it? No, not at all. Jesus arrived, New Testament. He came to the earth, his first coming. He offered salvation. He went to the cross, and you'll see in a moment, that took care of the wrath of God for people that accept Jesus Christ. Now, so what time are we in? We're in the church age. We're in the church age. This is a time... Where we're here proclaiming God's grace. Anyone that wants to accept Jesus Christ, doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, you can be saved today, and basically the wrath of God has no effect on your life. So we're still in that time. Now, there's coming a day, there's coming a day, rapture. And really, this is part of the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is in two parts. The first time, he comes for his believers. Here's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come in the clouds. He doesn't come to the earth. He comes in the clouds. And in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, instantly, every believer in all the earth, whenever that happens, immediately goes right up to heaven and you get a new body. Could I hear an amen somewhere there? Okay. So I leave the earth instantly. Now, some of you are going to say, well, when is that going to happen? We don't know when that. That could happen anytime. 
anytime. We do know when the second coming is going to be. It's going to be seven years after the first thing here. First part of the second coming. We do know it's seven years. You're going to see that. But we don't know when the rapture is. So you want to be ready whenever that's going to be. It gives us hope. So we're going to be out of here. The minute we're out of here, we begin this next period. It's called the seven-year tribulation. You know it by apocalypse, antichrist. And right in there, this seven-year period is a horrible period. It's going to be beyond measure. And I'll talk a little bit more about it. But during this time, the wrath of God, all hell breaks loose, but it's really, it's really from God. And during this seven-year period, it's going to be horrible. I'll read to you what that's going to be like. So just before the seven-year period starts, where do Christians go? Hello? You're gone. So what's that mean? I won't be here to experience the wrath of God. Why? Because I'm in heaven. Now, just so you'll be clear, our relatives that have already gone to heaven, or maybe you'll die and I'll die before the rapture, we go to heaven. And when Jesus comes back for the people that are alive, what happens is the body or the ashes of those people who they are already in heaven, they're joined with them and they get their new body too. So we'll all be together in heaven. Now, the reason they go first, the Bible says they go first and then we go, is because they're six foot under and they just take a little more longer to go. And then we get up, okay? So we're going to be together with the Lord. So all believers, all believers are going to be there before the wrath of God comes on the earth. Now, I want to answer a question for you so you'll understand this in a moment. Look at me. You might say, well, Pastor Mark, I think I'm experiencing the wrath of God right now. Do you understand the last year that I had? It was horrible. We had a relative die. I got breast cancer. We lost our house. We don't have a job. I mean, if that isn't the wrath of God, what is it? I'm already experiencing it. No, 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 you need to understand. You're not experiencing the wrath of God now. We're experiencing the wrath of Satan right now. Remember, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. It's going to be all kinds of stuff happen. So the bad things that we experience, if we're not sinning, the bad things that we experience is because we live in a world that's ruled by Satan. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. So we're not experiencing God's wrath. Even though it was a tough year, it's nothing like God's wrath. Now, let me make a caveat. If you sin, you will experience a little bit of God's punishment, not his wrath. Any of you this year did something you knew was absolutely wrong and God took you to the little shack out back and gave you a little spiritual spanking on the behind. Anybody? Anybody? Those who didn't raise your hand, you're lying right now and you're going to get it right after this service. <laughs> We've all been to the woodshed, haven't we? Now, when we go, it's because he's a good heavenly father. Just like when you're kids, don't go on the street again. Woof. Why? Because you don't want him to die. So God does it. It's not God's wrath. So I want you to write this statement this morning so you'll understand that as a Christ follower, Christ followers will not experience God's wrath. That's worth more than one amen somewhere. Is that right? That's right. We will not experience God's wrath. Now, when we're gone, what will this world look like? The world we're living in, what will it look like? Let me read to you, Revelation six seventeen, For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? 
Matthew 24. For there will be greater anguish than any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. Look at me. During these seven years, it's going to be an amazing time when hell breaks loose. Right now, we're approaching, we will shortly, seven billion people alive on the earth. The Bible says, if God didn't supernaturally end at seven years, if he just left it go on, there would be no human people left on the earth. By the way, during those seven years, about more than half of the world's population will be killed because of the wrath of God. Now, I want you to think about that. So we begin with Jesus making a statement of how bad it's going to be. Look how bad it's going to be. Immediately after the anguish of those days, those seven years, I'll talk about the seven years in a moment, he's going to talk about his second coming. What's it going to be like? Right after the seven years, the sun will be darkened. This is not the sci-fi channel. This is real. The moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky. And the powers in heaven will be shaken. We know during the seven-year period, there's going to be 100-pound hail that comes to the earth. 100-pound hail. So what does Jesus say? And then, at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming, his second coming, will appear in the heavens. And there'll be deep mourning among the peoples of the earth. Why? Because they know it's about to be the end. It's not a movie. This is going to be their end. They will be separated from a holy God forever in a place called hell, eventually to turn into the lake of fire. And he goes on and he says this, there will be deep mourning among the peoples of earth and they will see the son of man, Jesus, coming on the clouds of heaven with power, very different than his first coming and great glory and great glory. So here we are in the church age. Anybody can come to salvation. At some point in time, the rapture comes. And we're all gone in the twinkling of an eye. Gone. Boom. Out of here. The next thing that begins is the seven-year tribulation. That's when God's wrath will come on this earth. Why? Because God must punish sin. He has to. And you'll see why we're exempt. All Christians immediately go to the rapture. Now, the people that are left here for these seven years are going to experience great tribulation. During that period of time, seven years, there is a man who rises up. Satan's in control of him. His name is the Antichrist. Anybody hear the Antichrist? You heard the Antichrist. You heard of Apocalypse. And what you're going to see is he rises up and he starts putting the mark of the beast. Any of you heard these numbers? 666. Anybody heard these numbers? 666? Okay. I was in Sam's on Friday. And I got my items, and she rang, she gave me a bill. She says, it's 666. I says, take an item off. I don't want one of those items. In today's message, we heard about the many wrong predictions about Jesus coming. Because only the Father knows that day and hour. We shouldn't waste time trying to figure out exactly when. But instead, be ready because our time could be any time. Pastor Mark explained how God's wrath will someday be revealed, but Christ followers won't experience it. 
All people need to hear is the good news and the bad news. Facebook and Twitter have become a regular part of our everyday lives, and we want to be sure to encourage you to check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links. You can find information about everything that's happening at Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will look at just what the bad news is for people which none of us can escape from except through salvation offered by Jesus. That is good news. Pastor Mark will also exhort Christ followers not to hold on to the good news that was given to them, but to pass it on. He'll speak more about the wrath of God and what judgment means for believers when they stand before God. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled, How Jesus' Birth Changed Everything. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 